Good morning. It's 8.30 on Monday, July 9th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, we'll hear from the state's new auditor, Shad White, on the governor's appointment. Plus, outgoing auditor Stacey Pickering weighs in on the future of the state. Coming into this job, I am stepping into the shoes of two of the greatest Mississippians in terms of public service. Having said all that, I'm the new guy. I get it. Uh, There are going to be a lot of questions about where I will be taking this office as I take over. Then details on a program providing meals for underserved communities. And after after Everyday Tech, the latest on chronic wasting disease and threats to the state's wildlife. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is celebrating a newly appointed state auditor. Shad White will take office July 17th as the 42nd state auditor of Mississippi. Governor Phil Bryant delivered the announcement during a press conference on Friday. He acknowledged both the outgoing and incoming auditors during his address. So I'm here today to introduce the new state auditor. Before I do, I want to thank the current state auditor and his family uh, for their dedication and sacrifice and commitment. Stacy Pickering has done a remarkable job. When you leave one job, you have to look back at who's taking your place. And I was very proud that Stacy chose to become state auditor and the people of the state of Mississippi elected him and elected him again. He is now going on to serve the veterans of the state of Mississippi as executive director of the Veterans Affairs Board. I am even more honored by his choice to serve his country and his state, both in the Mississippi National Guard and now as executive director of the Veterans Affairs Board. As we met yesterday, I told him there could not be a better job in the state of Mississippi than serving our veterans. So congratulations, Mr. Auditor, and thank you for your service. The next state auditor is a young man that comes from Sandersville, population 731. He's done uh, some unique things in his life. He is a Rhodes Scholar, attended Oxford University. But before that, he was a graduate of Sandersville Elementary and Northeast Jones High School. He grew up in a family where his mother and grandmothers were teachers. His dad, an oil field pumper, as his grandfather was. He is uniquely prepared for this job, not only serving as an attorney in the private sector, but also as a special prosecutor in Rankin County, where he worked on a white-collar criminal investigation. He served most recently at the Mississippi Justice Institute, where he filed and led cases against public officials when they violated Mississippi's Open Meetings Act and government ethics laws. I'm very proud to announce today that our new state auditor with his wonderful wife, Rena, will come and address you, ladies and gentlemen, the next state auditor for the state of Mississippi, Mr. Shad White. Shad, congratulations. Governor Bryan says White is uniquely qualified for the position. I thought it would be a different uh, opportunity for me to select someone as state auditor, which has to be, uh, above all, independent, Uh, someone that is not in the political world, someone that doesn't have the relationships uh, that might in in some way uh, be challenging for the independence of a state auditor. So I'm very proud of this young man, a Rhodes Scholar, Truman Scholar, Oxford University, University of Mississippi, 
um, a degree in economics, has a certification in forensic accounting. Uh, on it goes. Uh, the qualifications of this young man are unique, and I'm very fortunate uh, to, be, uh, uh, to be able to talk him into taking a job in state government. So he gave up a, a great career uh, in law and moved back to Mississippi to do this job, and we are very fortunate to have him. Governor Bryant also says he's confident White can win an election. Uh, I'm going to help him every way I can. Uh, this will be his first election. He'll start out uh, as a statewide election, but in uh, October of 1996, uh, I had never run for statewide office, so it will be a challenge, but he's up to the job. But I think the people of the state of Mississippi are going to look at the ability that he has to be uh, an independent uh, auditor to guarantee accountability and honesty in state government and local governments, and I hope they'll vote for him uh, in a year and a half. The newly appointed official accepted his position, pledging to work with integrity. I realize that this is not a politically easy choice for this governor, but at the same time, he has never been a guy who is about making decisions based on what is politically easy. I've known him for a long time. He makes decisions based on what is right, and I'm honored to think that he thinks I'm the right choice for this job. Uh, I also think that I've been selected because he and I share this deep and abiding conviction that public service is a calling. It is worthy of your greatest energy and your highest efforts. Uh, I know that coming into this job, I am stepping into the shoes of two of the uh, greatest Mississippians in terms of public service. I know that any success I'm going to have here in the next few months is due, due solely to the fact that Stacy Pickering and his staff have set the stage for that success. So, Stacy, thank you for everything that you have done as state auditor. Uh, having said all that, I'm the new guy. I get it. Uh, there are going to be a lot of questions about where I will be taking this office as I take over. So I'll just say it to you as plain as I know how. When I take office, I can promise you this. I'm going to work myself to the bone to make sure that Mississippi is as free from corruption as we can possibly get it. I promise you that. New State Auditor Shad White tells MPB's Ashley Norwood he looks forward to the new position. Good. I'm excited to get to work. I'm excited about the responsibility that the governor has given me and have committed to him and the people of Mississippi that I'm not going to let him down. Talk about the importance of the role of an auditor in Mississippi. Sure. I mean, the auditor, uh, to me, is an incredibly important role because you are safeguarding other people's money. You're safeguarding taxpayers' money. It's not my money. It's not my predecessor's money. It's, it's the taxpayers' money. And so I'm passionate about this job because I think that we need a state auditor who's going to work just as hard to protect that money as the folks who earned it work to get it in the first place. White replaces Stacy Pickering, who will become executive director of the Mississippi State Veterans Affairs Board. He tells our Ashley Norwood the state is in good hands. Shad's an exceptional young man. It's exciting to see this next generation of leadership, especially someone of his caliber. I've known Shad most all of his life, and to see him and his accomplishments, and now the governor to put this confidence to put him in as state auditor. I'm excited to see how he's going to lead the staff and protect the state's so what made you jump at the invitation to lead uh, the Veterans Affairs Board? You know, it's a great opportunity to serve the veterans of Mississippi. And as, as serving in the Mississippi Air National Guard, this allows me to bring all of that together. And, you know, you, you've got our veterans that we owe so much for, for our freedoms, our liberties. And I've loved being state auditor and still do. It's a great staff. It's a great mission protecting Mississippi's reputation. But we had this opportunity when the Veterans Affairs Board approached me to serve our veterans 
both here at the local, state, and to work with our federal officials and our delegation. And so it just brings everything together so well for me to serve in that capacity. And now with the governor's announcement today of Shad White as our next state auditor, knowing that our state is in great hands of a highly capable young man, and I expect great things from him and from the state of Mississippi in the future. State Veterans Affairs Director Stacey Pickering with MPB's Ashley Norwood. Coming up in Mississippi News, details on a program providing meals for underserved communities. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. If you miss anything on MPB Think Radio, you can always stay up to date by logging on to our website at mpbonline.org or use your mobile device and download our MPB public media app. This is MPB Think Radio, where Mississippi is our mission. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Governor Phil Bryant says he's looking at calling Mississippi lawmakers back for a special session in August to earmark money for transportation. Bryant says he aims to increase transportation spending by $200 million a year. The Republican governor says he hopes lawmakers will agree to use money from tax collection on Internet sales, newly legalized sports betting and a state lottery. As I've always said, when we get an agreement uh, between the leadership, we'll have a special session. We're very close to that. I've met with the lieutenant governor and the speaker. They've met and talked with each other. As I've always said, it it will not be gasoline tax. It'll be a number of revenue uh, measures, and those two, uh, both the sports gaming and Internet sales tax, will be a part of it. Bryant also says he wants a spending plan for $700 million in oil spill damage payments. In other news, a group in Mississippi is bringing fresh produce to communities. MPB's Alexandra Watts reports on the program benefits. Lisa Ford is serving lunch to a group of kids at Bowmaner Apartments. We're having a summer feeding program today where we have spaghetti, we have green beans, bread, applesauce, and milk, and juice. It's part of the USDA summer feeding program taking place all across Mississippi. Greenville Reflection and Youth Development Museum is a community organization partnering with apartments, community centers, and churches to provide breakfast and lunch during the break. Sharon Walker is the program director and says providing food benefits the community. Mississippi is one of the areas in which poverty is rampant. Also, the nutrition here in the Delta is one of the top areas in which we must try and help our communities. During the school year, kids eat at school, but in summer, when parents work and transportation is not accessible, the organization brings food to those in need. We saw that there was a need, so what we've done is going to the community. We're one of the organizations that's different, so we went to the sites and trying to get the children fed. While staff knock on doors to remind kids it's time to eat, the meals are not just for children living in the complex. Rydell Meads, who works at the complex and has kids participating in the program, believes this benefits the kids' nutrition and social interaction. It's a good thing, too, because they meet other kids. The kids that don't know each other that's coming around, so that's yeah, a good thing. To find a feeding center near you, visit usda.gov. Alexandra Watts, MPB News. To see our news team's updates throughout the day, follow MPB News on Twitter. Coming up after Everyday Tech, the latest on chronic wasting disease and threats to the state's wildlife. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. This is Everyday Tech on Mississippi Edition. I'm Michelle McAdoo with Wilts Couture and Jeremy Thompson, and today we're discussing traveling technology. 
So guys, with the traveling season upon us, many families will be taken to the road. Let's talk about some ways to make the trip safer and more enjoyable. Well, you know, this is an area that technology really can shine. Technology, it's meant to be portable nowadays. Everything we're doing is portable. So, you know, one of the first things that I'm thinking about whenever I'm taking to the road is, do I have enough battery power? So I'm making sure I have those charger cables and everything because your technology is useless if the batteries run out. But what's really great also is we've always got a GPS right there in our hands. Uh, so when we start talking about being safer, to make sure you can get from point A to point B and all those places in between, especially in areas you may not know that well, the GPS can really help you to make sure you get where you want to go. So the first thing that I do when I travel is actually make sure that I have a lock code on my phone. And uh, I have a Galaxy, which allows me to put like a custom message on there. So if I'm traveling with somebody, I'll put that person's number on there. That way, if my device gets lost, it knows how to find its way home. Hey, great idea. Well, what about the do not disturb mode on your phone? Do you turn that on when you're on a long trip? I do. And the reason for that is because, honestly, I, I want what the feature adds, which is not to be disturbed while I'm trying to drive and concentrate on the road. Now, there are a couple of caveats to that. For one, if your phone is linked via Bluetooth to another set of speakers. So if it's linked to your car to where a phone call can come through there, even in the do not disturb mode, it will still ring through to your car. So if you're using that, but what it really is muting is a lot of those alerts and your Facebook pop-ups and app notifications and text messages. So they will not disturb you or cause you to look at your phone while you're driving. If someone did need to urgently contact you, however, they get a message back that says, if this is urgent, reply with the word urgent, and it will go through. So it can override it in case of an emergency. Another really nice thing is, is for your passengers in the car, if they have that feature turned on. So if my wife's sitting over there as co-pilot, she can actually turn her do not disturb off to where she can still get all of her notifications. It's just mostly affecting the driver. And uh, a feature of that do not disturb mode uh, allows you to let certain contacts ring through. So if you wanted to know when your wife called you or your mom or whatever, you could just set them as one of your preferred contacts that would come through. So guys, what are some essential tech tools every family should have on a road trip. So in addition to your uh, jumper cables and your tire gauge, which you should definitely already have, um, you should have some sort of uh, tire inflator and also a jump starter, which can be like a portable battery that you can use to jump your car off without having to have another vehicle to do it. And a lot of those jump starters actually have a car charger included with them. So you can, if, as long as your car is already running, you can charge it while you're on the road. You can also use uh, offline maps on your phone. You can download the map before you visit your location. That way, if you don't have a connection to the Internet, you'll still be able to navigate your way around. Well, as a parent, I truly understand the importance of keeping your children entertained throughout a trip. So how can technology play a part in making that happen? So you want to make sure before you leave home that you get all your books and your audio books downloaded. And also uh, your Netflix app supports offline downloading so you can download uh, episodes of your favorite show that you can take with you. Uh, you've also got your portable gaming options like your Nintendo Switch or your tablets, um, which will also uh, allow you uh, quite a versatile gaming library right there in the palm of your hand. And then, of course, you want to make sure that you got your music queued up as well. Well, and you have movies um, also offline. A lot of folks now have cars with DVD players or, or portable DVD players that are out there. And with some of the power options that are available, you can actually run a lot of, of those devices fairly easily in a vehicle that will allow you to defeat the, are we there yet monster? So Michelle, 
whether you're going across town for groceries or you're going across the country for that next big family gathering, technology can really help make the trip more enjoyable, a lot safer, and a whole lot more entertaining. And you want to make sure that you remember that traveling is an experience. So be a part of that. Be, be in the moment with your family at times. Make sure to unplug and enjoy the journey. We will talk more about traveling technology on Everyday Tech, the show that comes on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. You can send us an email to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. For Wilts Couture and Jeremy Thompson, I'm Michelle McAdoo. This is Everyday Tech on Mississippi Edition. On the next Deep South Dining, Kevin Farrell and Deborah Hunter are going to be talking about everything from apple pies to grilled pineapples and even poached peaches. That's right. They're going to be taking a deep dive with nature's candy. Yes, fresh fruits for your summertime. So no matter if you pick your fruits up from your local farmer's market or right out the backyard, you want to hear what's happening in your kitchen on the next Deep South Dining, 9 a.m. only on MPB Think Radio. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Mississippi and Louisiana wildlife officials have stopped killing deer to test for chronic wasting disease. This after no additional cases were found. The Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries and Parks learned February 9th that the disease had been confirmed in the Delta's Issaquina County. It was the first time the illness was found in Mississippi. Officials say genetics showed the infected white-tailed deer was local and therefore was infected locally. The disease and recent increases in the number of wild hogs have posed two of the highest threats to wildlife in the state this year. Bronson Strickland is a professor with the Mississippi State University Extension Service. He tells us how chronic wasting disease affects brains of deer and related animals. There's some really complicated terminology. Um, It's called a transmissible spongiform encephalopathy. And essentially what that means is it's a disease of the nervous system and the brain. And eventually what happens with an infected animal, uh, it's always fatal. It's 100% fatal. And really the manifestation of the disease is that the animal will get holes in the brain. Um, Now why it's called a chronic wasting disease is that as this disease grows, Um, and the the neurodegenerative disease as it manifests, um, the deer will simply waste away. And so what it literally appears is like a deer is starving, and so it's going to lose an excessive amount of weight, and and hence that's kind of where the name came from, is it's a chronic wasting disease or because it's wasting away. Is it contagious? Unfortunately, it is contagious. So when one is found in the state, it's a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very big deal because the reason it's a big deal is because it is so hard, if not impossible, to get rid of it once it becomes embedded within a state. So once a significant proportion of a deer herd contracts the disease, um, it, it is just very hard to eradicate it. Where has the deer been found that was infected? The single case occurred in Issaquina County, but luckily after the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of deer that have since been tested uh, around the area in Issaquina County and even on the Louisiana side of the river, we've been very fortunate that no other deer have tested positive. So 
that's great news. What happens if someone eats the meat from one of these deer? That, that's the, the question, probably the million-dollar question. Uh, currently, there is no evidence, meaning there has never been a documented case of a human consuming CWD-infected meat, uh, and they have contracted any type of mental illness. Now, the problem is is that this disease parallels mad cow disease, so it's the same classification of disease. And as we all know, uh, in the United Kingdom 20 years ago or so, uh, it did cause infections in humans and some fatalities. So, you know, authorities want to be very, very careful in stating that just because the disease has never been found to affect human beings, that doesn't mean that it's impossible. And so that, that's, that's the big concern about as if the disease becomes more prevalent, in terms CWD becomes more prevalent in Mississippi, is that's going to be a concern we all have to worry about. Are you asking hunters to have all of the deer they shoot tested? Well, that's going to be left up to the Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. They're the wildlife regulatory agency uh, within Mississippi. And all I can say is that in other states that have been dealing with CWD for years and some have dealt with decades, is that often they will set up a check station where if a hunter wants to have the deer that they have just harvested checked, is they can take that deer to a check station and a qualified technician will take a sample and get the deer checked. And there's usually a lag time of, you know, it may be five days or up to two weeks, and uh, the state wildlife agency will let the hunter know that, uh, you know, the deer tested negative or positive, and they will leave that then the decision up to the hunter whether they want to consume the meat or not. Let's move on to wild hogs. Do you have any kind of estimate of how many hogs there may be in Mississippi? We don't have a a good population estimate. What we do have are estimates of how many are harvested. We know that in the past couple years, literally hunters, not hog hunters, but people, for example, while they're deer hunting, have harvested anywhere from 200 to 300,000 wild hogs. So if, if we kind of use some conventional wisdom, then, you know, Mississippi may have uh, 600,000 to a million wild hogs currently. What is the concern with wild hogs? What are they doing that's destructive? There's a lot of things they do. So we've got a lot of different fronts that we're trying to fight and educate people. Uh, So the most tangible thing they do in terms of monetary damage is to crops. Uh, We recently completed a study here at Mississippi State, and we found that between 60 and $70 million in damage per year, and that's going to occur to row crops and to pastures and to forest land, and that's just from the rooting. You know, the feeding behavior of hogs is unfortunately destructive, and so that causes a lot of damage. The, The things that we don't have good estimates on yet is the impacts they're having on our water quality, the impacts they're having on our native wildlife, because hogs can be uh, nest predators, for example. So anytime hogs are in an area, they are going to be causing damage in some regard, you know, either, either to a crop, to a forest, or to our wildlife. Do they threaten other animals? You mentioned the bird's habitat, but do they threaten, directly threaten any other animals or people? Yes, they can threaten other animals just in terms of competition. Do they really put humans in danger? That's really the same question you could have for any uh, wildlife species. 
you know, pigs, of course, don't look to have an interaction with a human. Most of the time they run. But, of course, it should be just like a deer or a bear or anything else. If they're cornered or feel threatened, then, yeah, a wild hog can attack and inflict a bunch of damage to a human. Dr. Bronson Strickland is an extension professor with a specialty in wildlife management for the Mississippi State University Extension Service. Dr. Strickland, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for the opportunity. There is no known treatment for chronic wasting disease. We want to hear from you. Let us know what you think about a story or send us a news tip by visiting MPB News on Facebook and Twitter. And stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for a full slate of Mississippi-based programs all morning long. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's Deep South Dining. Then at 10, it's Now You're Talking. And at 11 o'clock, stay tuned for Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. If you missed part of the show today, find past episodes of this and other Think Radio programs online at MPB Online. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again tomorrow morning at 830 for the next Mississippi edition on MPB Think Radio.